Jesus to My Rescue offers powerful, motivational content for the whole family. Visit our website now at www.jesustomyrescue.com. Join our Christian community today. Hello, everybody. This is uh, Cristo and Flor, all the way from Argentina. You want to say hi? Hi, uh, I am recovering from like a throat thing, so if you guys hear me coughing or <coughs> or uh, generally just uh, struggling to speak, uh, we've had a very incredible week. Um, a lot of things has happened and God's really opening doors for us to speak to, you know, other groups of people as well and, uh, you know, give messages to young people here and I feel like uh, that has really caused uh, the enemy maybe to, to flare up uh, and cause some stumbling blocks, but we're good, and we praise God that we're able to serve you guys uh, and be able to just speak to all of you listening. And I'd just like to say a prayer before we get started. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that my wife and I have to uh, share your word with uh, your body all around the world. Thank you, Lord, that you are one and that you are with us all. Thank you that you are guiding us and leading us in the Spirit. We pray, Lord, that today's message will be your message through us. That it won't be our wisdom, that it won't be in human wisdom, but that would it would be in your Spirit, Lord. That through your Spirit, you would guide us and show us exactly what you want us to do in our lives so that we may please you with the way that we live our lives. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> so... <laughs> The message that um, we have pl we planned uh, to give today is based on authority, right? Being authority figures, uh, specifically in the lives of our children. And for those that do not have children, this could also apply to peop other people who you have authority over. You know, uh, younger people, maybe in your extended family, who see you as a role model, or you see you as somebody they can aspire to, or whose example they can follow. So, I was thinking about in what ways does God want us to lead, right? Uh, especially with our kids and the ones that are following us. What is the importance of that? And there's this one verse that my youth group loves to mention whenever we talk about <laughs> <laughs> obeying parents, which is from Ephesians 6 verse, verse 4. Can you read for us, babe? Yeah, yeah. It says, <coughs> Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Exactly. Did you guys catch that? It says, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. So I, I think the first question <laughs> that we should be asking ourselves is, are we provoking our children? Are we acting in a way that causes them to flare up? What is our treatment of them? What is the way that we act towards them? Do we, do we, do we take charge of the fact that God gave us authority over their lives? <coughs> Sorry. And then abuse that? Do we, do we think because they follow us and they have to obey us, that gives us the right to treat them how we feel like treating them, to demand whatever we want of them without them needing an explanation. You know, many times you'll find parents that say, the, the ch child will ask, 
<laughs> you know, um, why, why should I do this? Like, you, you'll tell your child something like, Dad, why should I do this? <laughs> and the father will answer, because I said so. But, but what about, <laughs> yeah, she's laughing at me because I, I sound sorry. very weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. As you can see, we are really wanting to bless you guys. Um, and, uh, well, we, are, we, we just come as we are, right? You know, in our daily, I mean... Yeah, we're really sorry. <laughs> yeah, we have to find, like, these little moments in which we can teach um, because both of our daughters are very young and they demand a lot of time. And now that they're both sleeping, we have this time now in the night that we can do this. And many times, uh, to go, get back to the message, many times you'll notice that the parents won't give an explanation to their kids. The kids won't understand the reason because maybe there are certain things that the dad or mom allow in the house, but then when they go outside, they don't. They don't. They say, you, you can't do this, and the child doesn't understand. So the child asks, but why? And the parent answers, because I said so. Because and I'm the, your dad. Yeah, because I'm your dad, dad, because your mom. I hated that. <laughs> Me too. I hated that. <laughs> oh, sorry. <coughs> and I thought to myself, why can't they just explain to me what the reason is? And I feel like that's kind of frustrating. We're expecting our kids who are not emotionally intelligent, who do not have the capacity to like control their thoughts and their feelings in a way that, that we can, we are asking them to have the same amount of self-control that we have, to put themselves in other people's shoes and understand reasonings for things that they don't. We should reach down to their level. We should understand that they're little. They're younger. They're immature. They're, they're inexperienced. They're still learning how to manage these emotions, how to manage their outbursts. And they're looking for answers from us as parents. <coughs> I mean, how is our relationship with God, right? If we are asking for God to give us an answer to some of the questions that we have as to why he's a certain way or why the Bible says this or why he's guiding us in a certain direction, wouldn't we want answers as well? And is it really such a bad thing that we, that we teach our kids the reasons for the things that we say? That they can understand our intentions and our desires for their lives? Because that's all that they want. They want that intimacy, that relationship with us, and they want to understand. Obviously, I'm not talking about you know, um, allowing them to throw tantrums whenever they like, but do we allow our kids to ask questions? To question us? <coughs> in a healthy way. In a way where they can feel comfortable asking us questions and, and seeking answers from us. And then in other areas too, right? But we'll, we'll, we'll get to that right now. So, while we were preparing for today's message, there was a key scripture that I basically wanted to focus on regarding um, all of these things, which I think deals with concrete areas where we can kind of focus on in the lives of the people that we have authority over <coughs> and see whether we truly act in the way that God expects of us. So we're going to read uh, from verses that we all know very well, which is in Galatians 5, verse 22 to 23, which talk about the fruit of the Spirit. So could you read for me, please? Yes. Galatians 5, 22-23, it says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Amen. So let us go in here, right? I think that it's so important to think about the fact that the Holy Spirit, this is the kind of fruit that comes from the Holy Spirit. So if, if there's an opposing kind of attitude from our side, then that's not fruit of the Spirit. It says it produces love. I think that goes without saying. I think um, one of the key things for a Christian, you know, is to, uh, and just for any follower of Christ, a person that, that, that wants to not only lead children or lead those that they have authority over, but just, j even to just get close to strangers, love is so crucial, so important. <coughs> but in order to love properly, there needs to be that empathy, you know, understanding the point of view of the other person, mm -hmm. putting yourselves in their shoes and thinking, how, how, how are they feeling, what are they going through, and truly loving them, you know, and treating them how you want to be treated in that way. But that's kind of an obvious one. I think we can all kind of think about what love is. And many of us show love in different ways. But I think the question is, do you pay attention to your child's love language with you, for example? Have you been able to identify your child's love language towards you? And do you try to meet the child halfway? When the child wants to show you love in a certain way, maybe it's uh, by doing gifts or spending quality time or, or giving you hugs and kisses, do you meet that need? Do you reciprocate that? And do you show your child love in your way? Do you make time, uh, if, if, if your love language is quality time, do you make quality time with your, with your child? If it's, if it's in, uh, you know, with gift giving, do you give your child gifts? Do you go out of your way to show your child that they are loved? Have you ever asked your child what is the way in which they would like to be showed love? Or have you noticed certain patterns that, things that your child enjoy, and have you tried to focus in on those things to make them feel more loved? And second, it talks about joy. I think this is so fundamental. I think there's many parents that walk around with long faces. <laughs> like, they're so sad all the time, bogged down by, <coughs> you know, the economy, the safety. The routine. The routine. Oh, yeah. All the time. And I feel like kids pick up on this. You know, do we live joyful lives? Do we share joyful lives with our kids? Do we live in a way that inspires them to be joyful? to see the good in every situation, to praise God in every situation. Even when life is hard, even when things go wrong, even when there's a thousand and one things happening, <coughs> and you maybe don't want to be happy. But God's calling us to be joyful, and do we spread that joy to our kids? Do we help them make the best out of every situation? Like if you're stuck at the airport, instead of, you know, or stuck in a queue somewhere, Instead of making this it, this like serious, you know, very boring situation, why not play a game with them while you're there? Teach them how to make the most of the time and, and, and engage with them in a joyful way, right? Where it's about letting God's joy take over so it's not about happiness or sadness. And you being, you know, because it's not, it doesn't come from us. Joy comes from the Lord. Like I said, this is something that the Spirit gives us where the happiness doesn't depend on the circumstances, but the joy surpasses that. Then peace. This is also very important. I feel like we get so worried as parents 
over their safety and over all the things happening in the world that we do not live and come across as peaceful. We come across as worried and stressed and that passes on to our kids. And here I would even like to add um, having moments with them, you know, like sitting at the table, no TV, no cell phones. It doesn't have to be that way. That's just what we do, for example. But just being able to have peaceful moments with your kids. You know, moments where, where the world isn't involved, where, you know, all these things are not happening at once, where it's you being peaceful with them, spending time with them, talking about important things, praying together, reading the Bible, stuff like that. And I feel like if, if we truly practice that peace, our kids will be peaceful. They won't be overwhelmed as quickly. I've noticed in our house, at least, whenever we get overwhelmed by external factors, that is reflected in our daughter's behavior. There will be many times when we are both stressed out over a certain situation and then our daughter would begin acting out in that moment. I think that if we were better at managing our, what, emotions, um, it would not have that kind of effect on her. I've really, I've really, really noticed that. And if you guys are listening to this and you've noticed that too, <coughs> I think that shows just how important this is. Then it talks about patience. I don't even think I need to explain that one. <laughs> I think you know if you lack patience with your child, that's a major problem. We cannot expect our child to keep their cool if we cannot. Are you capable of saying no and, and uh, giving the punishment that you've decided or the discipline that you've decided to your child without freaking out completely? Without losing your temper and throwing a tantrum yourself? Are you capable of having that patience? Because that's the patience that we need to strive for. We need to be an example. If we're expecting them to control their emotions, do we? I think this is the part that I wanted to jump into Ephesians before we come back. There's, uh, there are two verses in Ephesians 4, um, and it's something that God has recently been speaking to me about regarding a specific part of this, I'll get into that after we read it, but it's in Ephesians 4, verse 31 to 32, so if you guys want to read with us, babe, can you? Yeah, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Amen. Now, the, the part here that kind of stood out to me is the, one, the, the part that talks about harsh words. Now, all of these are kind of obvious, right? Like, you shouldn't have, be bitter towards each other and slander, like, insult one another. <coughs> but it talks about raging, anger, harsh words. And harsh words basically means yelling. And there's so many times, I mean, I grew up thinking that, you know, if, if, if I'm right about something, I can yell. <laughs> like, I can yell it. <laughs> Especially if my child doesn't want to listen to me. But God has been showing me these last few weeks, like, why? Why is it necessary that I yell at my child? If, if, if they don't learn, if they, if they don't listen, then yes, I can discipline them. But what's the necessity of speaking harshly to my child? Of, 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 you know, letting the anger take control of the way that I'm speaking to my child and then letting that flare up instead of showing peace and patience in the way that I speak, even in my discipline. 
do I discipline patiently? Do I discipline in peace and love? And this is a question that we need to ask ourselves. Does that come across? If, if our partner looks at the way in which we are disciplining, does it look like we're disciplining in that way? Do you think our children experience it that way? Do they feel you love them after the discipline or that you hate them? <coughs> Just some things to think about. I think these are so such delicate things and um, I really want you guys to, to think about it in, in all the areas. It's obviously not just about children, but I think that's kind of what God put on my heart to share with you guys about children specifically because I feel like children need a lot of love in society today. I think there's a lot of factors, especially in the world out there, pushing them in so many different directions and they, they are really looking to us for guidance. Even if they're not your kids, but just people that look up to you, these are important factors to consider. Are you the type of example that they want to follow? The next one, yeah. The next one talks about kindness. Kindness is also a self-explanatory one, but kindness refers to whether kindness is visible in our lives not only towards them but towards others. How do they see you treat others? Are you a person that is bad-mouthing everyone? Are you a person that gossips at home? or uses bad language. Because our kids will pick up on that. The people that look up to us will pick up on that and they will think that that is okay. And that's the type of behavior that they will begin to mimic. And then how can we be disappointed at them if that's what they begin doing? <coughs> we need to be the type of people that we want our children to become. Because that's what's going to happen. They. They obviously are guided by God and they become their own people, but who we are makes a huge difference in their lives. There are incredible statistics that I've uh, read up in the United States, for example, about what happens in many homes where the father isn't present. Higher crime rates, higher drug use rates, addiction, teenage pregnancies, etc. It makes an insane difference whether we are present, and the type of way in which we act with our kids. And if we want them to be kind, we need to be kind towards each other, towards them, towards others. That's the only way that we will see that reflected. <coughs> and goodness. I always think that goodness and faithfulness kind of come hand in hand, right? Because we aren't <laughs> really good people. In the Bible, when they asked Jesus, you know, they called him good, and he said, there is no one good but God. And I think this is such an important thing for us to stand. We are not good. We are failures many times. We will mess up. And I want you to understand that today, as we're talking, this is not to make you feel guilty or feel like a bad parent. This is about knowing that it is only God that can build in us the type of person that he wants us to be for our kids and those who look up to us. And this goodness and faithfulness means relying on God to build that goodness within us, to make His goodness shine through our lives. And if we can be an example in that area, letting our kids see our relationship with God and how He flows through us, how we are faithful, how we read the Bible together, how we pray, 
how we spend time with God, how we allow God to work in our lives, how we obey Him when we pray for things, how we pay attention to His Word, how we pay attention to His guidance, how we seek His guidance. If that's the type of life that we want for the people who look up to us, that's what we need to model. A goodness that is reflected in our daily life, that our children and those who look up to us can pick up on. And being faithful towards, towards God, faithful in our time with Him, faithful in our prayer time, in our Bible reading time. My daughter, for example, she's three years old and, and she loves reading the Bible before going to bed. It's kind of like a habit now. And, and when, I go, when I go lie down in the bed without the Bible, she like gets upset with me. She's like, Daddy, the Bible! And she's like about to cry. <coughs> and I just love that. <coughs> I just love that. I feel like God is, you know, building that faithfulness in her, but she never would have done that if we didn't make that a consistent thing. And that, and this is not to say, oh, look at what we did. No. God guided us to, to start that habit with her, and now it's continuing. She likes the stories. She likes reading them. She likes learning from them. We pray afterwards, and, and she enjoys it to the point where she gets upset if we don't. And I feel like if that's what you want to see in the lives of these people that you care for, these people that look up to you, you have to ask yourself whether that's what you have been showing them. Have you been bringing them close to God? Have you been opening up these doors? Making it a habitual thing. Because sometimes because our child didn't want to do it once, then you're like, I don't know if that's his thing, you know, I don't know when to do it. And it's like, okay, but it's like everything else. It's like eating vegetables. <laughs> Gentleness. Gentleness is fundamental. This had to do with what we said in the beginning about provoking. What is the way in which we speak to our kids? Is it gentle when we discipline them? Is it gentle? Are we, do we treat them how God treats us? That's the question. Do we treat them how God treats us? In that verse in Ephesians that we read, it said, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. I have this rule with my daughter that when she says sorry, the punishment is over. But really sorry. Not, not when she's like, you know, yelling it to be ironic, but when she really says sorry. Because doesn't God forgive us right away? Aren't we already forgiven in Christ? Isn't that the way that that works? Or is God this like angry person who just sits there holding a grudge? And how do we treat our kids when they come and say sorry? How do we treat um, the people in our family who look up to us when they come to say sorry? And ask for that closure, for that closeness, for that consolation after they messed up and after they made us mad. And then the last one to wrap everything in a nice little bow is the self-control. How is our daily life in regards to our sin? What type of example are we in controlling our emotions, controlling our desires, controlling our habits? Do we live a self-controlled lifestyle, a life of discipline for our kids to follow? 
also just driven by our emotions, do whatever we want to do, start something, don't pay attention to others. <coughs> and then expect our kids to be different. Because the truth is, if, if we want to see God shining through our kids, God changing their lives, changing the lives of those that look up to us. God truly making a difference in our family. It needs to start with us. The Bible says, first remove the log from your own eye, right? Before looking at the splinter in your neighbors. And I, and I feel like sometimes when it comes to the people that we have authority over, we like to point out the splinters. But you this, you that, look at what... And when they're kids, oh, then we feel we have the right to. Because that's our responsibility, isn't it? Yes. It's our responsibility to raise them. But that doesn't mean treating them any worse than we're supposed to treat everyone else. And I think we can sometimes forget that. As parents. As authority figures. So just some things to reflect about, some, some thoughts to dig deep in your own life. And I feel like this is a very personal thing. I think that this message is just a, a, a question for you to look at your life in these areas and ask, Lord, what are the changes that I need to make so that the way in which I act towards these people in my life can be an example and a blessing and can truly be according to your purpose. Not my own wisdom or the way that I was taught. Because we can sometimes hold on to our own teachings. Like the way that our parents raised us. And it's like, no. <laughs> this is the right way. Sorry. This is the right way. Because my mom did it that way. And my dad did it that way. But is it God's way? Or do we do it because my mom said it was right? Or are we trusting God to mold us into who He, the parents that He wants us to be? The authority figures that He wants us to be. So go and sit and reflect and ask God to truly lead you in these areas. So that you can become everything that He wants you to be. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the privilege that we had to speak to everyone who's listening, Lord. We thank you that you are at work in all of our lives to make us the people that you have called us to be. So that we can be an example to those that look up to us, an example to those that are around us. Thank you that you don't, don't forsake us, that you don't leave us, and that you are there to hear our prayer, to guide us, to help us with all these things, because we are, we are not good. We struggle with making the right choices, but we know that your goodness can shine through us. Help us to be guided by you, to listen to you, to obey you, so that our family, our kids, those that look up to us, that they would be impacted greatly by, by the changes that we make. Seek our hearts. Help us to, to dig deep with you. Bring a magnifying glass to all these areas and ask you to build into us. Build us up, Lord, in the areas that we need building. Mm -hmm. Mold us and shape us. 
into the type of parents and leaders that you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, guys. I'm sorry again for all the coughing. (laughs) (coughs) But we love you guys, and (coughs) we we pray that God would bless you and just guide you in all the ways that he has prepared. Mm -hmm. Be blessed and know that God is a God of family. We are all a family. And let, let us see God's life reflected in our families. God bless you. Bye-bye.